When you're almost famous, you just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour two of Almost Famous begins now. Welcome to the second hour of Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from here on the South Shore into Boston and across New England. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. Tonight, we are on the tiny stage with Mr. Mug Dwayne. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on? Good to have you back. Not too much. Great to be back. Thank Go Pats. Go Pats. <laughs> Nothing like a heart attack on a... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on a weekend. So uh, for those who may have missed your first few times here, who is Monk Dwayne? Oh, boy. Uh, my name is Monk Dwayne, and I am a recording artist, performer, and film composer. Fantastic. Elaborate more on that. Wow. Where do if I you start? Would. Sure. Uh, I've been releasing uh, independent albums for a long time now. The last one just came out last year, which is called uh, Theory of History Part 2. And... Um, yeah, and see, like, what else? I've been writing music for TV now for uh, just about 20 years. I think I'm coming on my 20th anniversary. And um, f- uh, composing film scores for indie films, hopefully bigger than that soon. We'll see awesome. what happens. And we have the full band in studio tonight. Introduce the guys. We do. We have a full band of uh, award nominees and winners in this room tonight, if you look around, which is pretty fabulous. Yeah. Uh, on drums, we have Mike Levesque. And on bass, Sean McLaughlin. And on keyboards jim gambino there's golf claps you can't hear them right now but exactly we're all doing them. yes very nice yeah let's uh, let's launch right into your first song because I'm, I'm dying to hear what we're, what we're listening to tonight sure uh this was the last single off of theory of history part two uh it's called spy satellite all right monk Dwayne and the man tonight 95.9 watd it's all yours I'm 
Very cool. Monk Dwayne, 95.9 WATD. Great job, my friend. Oh, I thank you so much. So tell us how that song happened, if you would. A lot of this, uh, a lot of these songs were written during the uh, last election cycle, so <laughs> a lot of it is uh, is personal venting. Um, but it became it became this one in particular became more about um, just more about being vigilant. All these uh, forces are kind of out there, and they feel like they're pressing in, and uh, there is nothing wrong with a sound strategy of retreat and observe and regroup. Absolutely. And that's what this song's about. And it's, you know, every day on the news you see some type of retribution in some way, whether it's violent, whether it's not violent, but it's really great that somebody can can react lyrically and, and with music instead of with violence. Yeah, we're in a really interesting place right now in terms of being songwriters and artists. It's, it's, a, uh, it's not terribly... Uh, separated from I think where people were in like the late 60s early 70s there's so much divide and there's so much disagreement and there's so much anger and there's so much to write about and I think especially during that time the late 60s early 70s some of the best music of all time came out of the worst times in this country so it's funny yeah. how how one thing attracts another it, it's it's interesting how so many artists and writers express themselves through uh what might otherwise be perceived as negative emotions. It's, uh, it, it's, it's channeling that into something constructive um, or non-destructive, for lack of a better term. But it is, it is driven by, uh, by, our, uh, by our, you know, our darker angels. Absolutely. The, uh, the new record um, and, and the old record, yes. uh, well, where can those be found? Uh, you can find them on Amazon and iTunes and my website at monkdwayne.com. Um, all over the place. Uh, the... Last two albums were released digitally, so they're only for download. Excellent. Tell us about the recording process of those albums. The recording process was very old school. Uh, pretty much the way that you see us doing this right now is the way that this album was recorded. Um, you know, with, with a, you know, a few overdubs here and there, but for the most part, it is human beings playing in the same room trying to capture a mood. Um, and because so much of the music that I wrote for this album was derived from, you know, late 60s R&B and soul and, and that vibe, uh, that was human beings looking each other in the eye or, you know, at least being in the same room and looking at the floor uh, or looking at charts or whatever, but feeling what was happening in the moment. And just, it's like taking a picture. It does. And, and even though I know it's, it's, a, it's a digital record, it has that warmth to it that that music of that time period had to it. There's, there's, a, there's like a... A, a, a feeling you get that it's not like a, a computerized record. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it has a very analog sound. We, you we might can, say we can thank Shawnee Mac for that. He's sitting right here. Yes, thank um, you, Sean. But that's that is <laughs> that is absolutely what we're going for. That that kind of warmth and that mood. It's not just in the performance, but it's in the sound and the way that we captured sounds and the the vibe that we were looking yeah, for. Yeah, the way the you all blend together. It sounds yeah. very very. There's um, you know, there's no uh, roomy. There's no amp emulation from the guitar there's no i mean everything was real there was you know real organ and real roads and everything was you know the real deal the way the way it used to be excellent yeah let's do some more music what are we listening to next well that's an excellent question um i think uh we're going to play popular next which was from theory of history part one excellent monk Dwayne and the band tonight 95.9 watd live on the tiny stage
Monk Dwayne on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. Great job, my friend. Very nice. Why, thank you. Take us through that song, if you would. Uh, sure. This is, um, this, is a people who, you know, this is about people who like to keep their appearances up on social media. And, you know, the more they engage and the more they antagonize, the more we all kind of fall into the bait. And it's this artificial popularity that, that, uh, that seems to be going around these days. And... Uh, the more you feed into it, the more inflated it gets. Now, take us through your writing style, Mike. How, how do you typically write? Are you lyric-based, melody-based, a little bit of both? How does that work for you? I am, it really depends on the song. I don't have a, a tried-and-true process. There'll be songs where I'll start off with a rhythmic idea, and I'll start off with drums and, uh, and bass. This song was actually one of those where I just kind of had that pulse in my head and built it from the drums to the bass to the guitar to the melody and built it up from the bottom. Um, There'll be other songs, Spy Satellite's a good example, where I'll just sit with an acoustic and it'll come out of just that kind of more uh, stripped down and organic process of just here's some chords and the melody just fits right over the top and the words just kind of come out and the song's kind of birthed in, you know, 30 minutes. Now, how many instruments do you actually play? Do I play? Yeah. I play four. Not, uh, not all really well, but I play four. <laughs> So when, when you have a song idea that, that's in your mind and you have the, the basic melody and the lyrics down, how do you then present it to the band and, and make it a, a full Oh, band I'm real project? good at faking it when I record it, though. I can, <laughs> I can fake the hell out of anything. So, yeah, I will, I will come in with a sketch, with a full arrangement sketch. Say, this is what I have in mind. And either, you know, Mike will look at me and go, no way, that's terrible, I got something better. Or, you know, he'll, there's been times when he's literally done exactly what I, what I programmed. Um, except, you know, with much cooler feel. Yes. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it really depends on the song. But a lot of times I do like to go in with fully fleshed out ideas and then evolve them with the human beings. And I don't like to leave it up to, oh, you know, here's, so here's my guitar part and my vocal. Let's make something up. Um, there's, there's usually a sketch. Now, is that something that, that you've always done since you've been in music, or is that something that's relatively new for your, yeah, I'll, your To style? be honest, the, the interesting thing that, the, in terms of the latter part of my career, the thing that's relatively new to me is playing in this format with humans and working th these things out with other people. Um, I have 
worked on my production chops and my, my recording chops to the point where I was recording all my earlier albums on my own. I played every instrument, sung every part, produced, mixed, arranged, out the door. Um, but it was a different style of music, and it, it was okay. It kind of lent itself to that. It was more... Uh, more experimental, more electronic, more EDM-driven. It was a very different vibe than, than this, which is, you, you can't fake this. This has to be people. Absolutely. And the last two records, especially, very rooted in, in like you said, 60s and 70s R&B soul. Um, who, who did you grow up listening to? Um, uh, Prince is my number one and okay, has I always been my number that. one. And I'm still reeling from that loss. Um, Otis Redding is, is a big one. Um, Stevie Wonder, you know, that, just that whole era of music and the way it was, um, not just the way it was recorded, but the way it was reinterpreted when it was performed. Well, with, you know, Prince and Stevie, both of them sort of paved the way for, you know, writing and not only producing, but composing and playing all the instruments right. on every one of their records. Yeah, it's no big wonder that those guys were my heroes. That's, that's literally the way I started out. Um, but just like those guys did too, at a, at a certain point, you want to expand the palette. And the only way to do that is to, you know, maybe here's a sketch of the way I would play the bass line. Here's, here's how I think it should fit into the song. And now Shawnee's going to sit down with that and interpret that the way that Shawnee will. And it becomes another beast and it takes on a new life. And the depth of the arrangement, I think, grows that way. Well, that's the whole thing with, with the Motown sound. You have the, um, I forget the backing band for all the Motown tracks there but it's that same type of vibe where you know the whole band works together as one unit yeah exactly the funk brothers i think it is or something like that um there 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 were there were several of them it depends if you're talking about like a muscle shoals or you know but it's yeah there was a there was a unit of people and it wasn't very different from the people in this room who play on a lot of the a lot of local music that you hear um there's such a breadth to the way that they interpret things you never know it's you know, it's it's generally the same guys because they have a lot of uh, width and depth in the way that they interpret music and and the way that they work with the songwriter. Well, I, this, this you know particular group of musicians, I, I like to refer to as the uh, the South Shore Wrecking Crew yes. because <laughs> they play on almost every record coming out across the Boston area. Yeah, the the, the germ starts at Shawnee's place, thirty seven <laughs> foot, and then it. Uh, it propagates to, you know, variations of the people in this room. Excellent. Well, let's yeah. take a quick break. We're brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. We have more with Monk Dwayne and the band here on 95.9 WATD after this. The South Shores Radio Station, 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. I'm John Shea, introducing you to independent bands and musicians. From here on the South Shore into Boston and across New England, brought to you each Tuesday by Tiny and Sons Glass. And we are back on the tiny stage with Mr. Monk Dwayne. How's it going in there? It's going fabulous. How you doing? You sound great tonight. Oh, I thank you. Got that reverb down. And so give us another introduction. Who is Monk Dwayne? Uh, uh, how you doing? My name is Monk Dwayne. I am a recording artist, performer, and film composer based right here on the South Shore of Massachusetts. Awesome. And how long have you been part of the scene? Uh, I don't know if I'm part of the scene. Am I part of the scene? I think you are. How okay. long have you been playing? I'll take your word for that. I really don't know how to qualify that. How long have I been playing? Longer than I'm going to tell you. Okay. A very long time. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this configuration, geez, even this has been a while now, six or seven years. Cool. Yeah. Take us through your early years. How did you get started with guitar? <sighs> guitar, I'm a late bloomer on, and it's 
very evident to every other guitar player how late bloomer I am on guitar. I started as a bass player. Uh, and I actually, in fact, I started playing upright bass. I started playing that wow. when I was nine. Um, played in orchestras and uh, big bands and the whole thing. Started with jazz and then found my way to to pop uh, through that. And uh, ended up by default being the singer in the band because nobody else wanted to. And I think that's how a lot of singers start out. Um, and then found my way to Berkeley. And went there as uh, to, to learn how to read a, a record contract so I didn't get screwed back when they mattered. And uh, after that, when I started to really hone my writing, when Berkeley was over, and I went through the Berkeley detox, because there is most certainly a Berkeley detox that is required, um, and simplified and got back down to earth with my writing, a lot of the guitar players, especially at the time, because it was kind of in to be busy, were just too busy for what I was writing. So theoretically, I knew what I should be doing on the instrument, but I sat down and just figured it out on my own and picked my way through it and um, wanted to play what was more appropriate for the songs I was writing. When did you realize that you could write and you could write and do this for a living? I honest, I'm still figuring that one out. Um, I, when did I realize I could write? It, it, it's ne That's a never-ending thing. That's, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, I think that I realized I could do this for a living when someone offered me money to have my music on a TV show. <laughs> and then um, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't put it that way. I, I was approached by a music publisher and the pitch was, hey, do you want to be on this show? And I laughed, A, because I actually didn't know a lot about music publishing or how it worked. And B, it just sounded like one of those snake oil salesmen. Hey, kid, you know. And so I, I said, yeah, I figured I had nothing to lose. Um, and it ended up being lucrative. I, after she had placed me on a bunch of different uh, TV shows, I got my first ASCAP check and my jaw hit the ground. And that's when the, the realization came that, oh, okay, you can, you can actually make money doing this. And it's, it's okay but, that nobody knows who I am. And I, I'm actually quite fine with that because I'm going to book a trip to Aruba. <laughs> that's Nothing what I do with my first that. ASCAP check. <laughs> So you said you write also, you just mentioned your, you write pop songs, but also for, um, for, for film scores and also for, um, for music for TV shows. How does that differ from writing pop songs? Oh, it's a totally different muscle. Um, the, the, the pop song thing had to come first, right? That's, that's your writing 101. Um, but when you're writing on demand for television, it's generally because the person that they wanted or the artist that they wanted were too expensive uh, and they want someone to do something in the same vibe and they caution you, don't copy it, don't do a sound alike, but here's the scene, here's what it's about. Can you write something kind of like this thing we can't afford? Um, so you get, you develop the muscle of uh, fast turnaround uh, and again, writing from soup to nuts, having to be the only person that does it because there's really no time. You'll get a, a request that comes in at 5 p.m., East Coast time, and you got to deliver it by, you know, noon West Coast time the next day. So you're pulling an all-nighter, and you have to start from writing to recording and mixing and mastering and send it off, and it's, you know, an eight- to ten-hour session, and that's, that's how it works. Um, and it's not dissimilar to the way that, you know, writers used to do jingles back in the day. You know, it'd be quick. You'd come into a room with a bunch of people who were just had that muscle built up, and... Uh, that eventually led to, uh, kind of organically led to uh, film composing. Fantastic. 
That's the voice of Monk Dwayne. He's in studio tonight. Monk, remind us of your website and where people can go to uh, find your music. <sighs> sure. Um, you can find me at monkdwayne.com. That's M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E.com. And uh, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash, you know, uh, Monk Dwayne. I'm the only one there. <laughs> I'm easy to find. Um, Instagram, Twitter, the whole thing. It's, it's just Monk Dwayne everywhere. Excellent. <laughs> Let's hear some more music. What's, uh, what's next? Uh, this is going to be a song called Random Acts of Blindness. All right. 95.9 WATD Monk Dwayne and the band in studio tonight. It's all yours. Monk Dwayne, 95.9 WATD. Monk, take us through what that song's about, if you would. Uh, I'm catching my breath, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Take your time. Uh, yeah, no, so that is, um, 
it's 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 kind of what it sounds like, right? It's the antithesis of the random acts of kindness saying, and I think that um, right now we have just there's too many people that are taking that and flipping that on its ear, and and it's this random acts of blindness. I'm going to choose to ignore this or choose to ignore that, or I'm I'm going to take this fact. I'm going to throw it right out the window because it's not in the uh, in the hemisphere of my belief system, um, and it's uh it's really just kind of ignoring reality. Fantastic. And that's on, uh, on which record? What record is that on, John? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pull up Spotify. Yeah, me too. Anybody? <laughs> Thank you. Shawnee would remember. That's on a record called Argue With Gravity. Cool. So when you're um, putting together albums, are they mostly relatively new songs or do you go back into your catalog of ways and, and, and recycle songs for, for records? I used to do that and... It was fun because there was kind of a, uh, a, a, a like like falling down the steps hoping to land on your feet vibe to the album where things didn't quite match or line up. And, and I actually reveled in that for a while and I really liked that concept because I feel like that's almost the experience of listening to the radio, right? Not everything sounds the same. Every song's got a different vibe. Um, once I got into this frame of mind writing this kind of music, it, I, I wanted to capture as much of the way that it used to be done as possible. So songs were written, written for these sessions and they were written for these sessions weeks before the sessions. Uh, and in some cases still being fleshed out during the sessions. Um, I mean, I mean, name, name band X from that period or, you know, any of those sessions, it was kind of done that way. It was, it was a, a bit of a factory in the sense of creating, recording, packaging it up, putting it out there and again, letting it be that, that snapshot in time. Um, it never sounded the same again. And, and a lot of those takes never sound the same from take to take. And I, and I, and I love that idea. So the writing was very much done in that spirit where um, we had a, a um, for a couple of years running, we actually had a, a regular thing where we would record the albums in January. And I literally would start writing them at the end of November and I'd give myself six weeks to crank through it. Um, and you know, I know a lot of artists like to go out and massage and massage and massage. Um, I always found that when I was doing demos, way back when I was doing demos, and I didn't have the resources that I had later on, and I went and I'd go back and I'd flesh out that song with better resources, that somewhere along the line, I lost the vibe of the song. And there's something about that immediacy of when it comes into the world, it never sounds that way again. And that's really what I wanted to capture with these songs, which, which is, you know, we'll, we'll, we can get close, but we're recreating as opposed to creating. And at, when, like when we perform it for you tonight, it's, it's a recreation. It's not this birthing process. And the songs on these albums are first, second, tops, third takes. I mean, they're, they are those moments in time. Very cool. And, and, I, and I hear that too. And again, that adds to the, to the uh, spontaneity too of, of the music. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of unsureness, and at the same time, there's there is that that your adrenaline's pumping, and when you've done things for the four hundredth time, your adrenaline's not in the same place. It's you know, I, I, at least mine isn't. It's it's I'm just reiterating, and I'm not in that moment anymore. It's not exciting. It's not fresh, and it's not new. And I think that for me, for these songs, that needed to be a component. Do you find yourself influencing yourself in any way? 
No. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally always looking for the next thing. And, and I think that was also why it was important to do these in a short span, because I do write and listen to such a wide variety of music and I'm very reactive. If I hear something like I'm right now, I'm listening to a lot of, you know, hip hop trap and I'm completely influenced by that at the moment. If I waited too long with these songs, they never would have been birthed because I would have been trying to convert them into this new thing I'm listening to. And, uh, and I learned my lesson with that a long time ago. It's just take it, record it, just hit record. Just let, let it be that moment because I just want to hear something new. I want to keep moving on. I want to keep evolving. Well, let's hear something new right now. What are we listening to next? Oh, my goodness. On the spot for something new. Well, okay. what, what, have you, what, have, what have you have planned? <laughs> we great. are going to play a song off Theory of History Part 1 called Last Man in Wonderland. All right. Let's hear it. Mug Dway, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. Don't you have the answer Tell me that you found another way I am scared to grow another day older I've begun to overflow yesterday
Very nice. Mark Dwayne, 95.9 WATD. Talk about that one. Um, that was uh, about a bit of a moment of realizing how lucky I was uh, to be where I was in my life, where I am in my life. Um, being a dad, uh, being a husband, just having all these great, great things that, you, you know, I, I tend to get wrapped up in, in, in the craziness of life. I'm, I'm a workaholic. I'm always moving. I don't sleep. I'm always playing. I'm always thinking of what's next. And it was just kind of a moment of clarity of, you know, oh, yeah, I have all these really fabulous things that uh, um, a lot of other people don't. And life is not infinite and I won't have it forever. And just letting that moment be that moment. Now, I know that you're, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, you, you write movies for films, you write movie, I, mean, I write songs for films, you write songs for TV shows. You have a bunch of records out there. You're, you're up on Spotify. You play shows all over the place. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of, of the direction music is going over the last decade or so with, with Spotify, with iTunes, with, with Amazon Music, with digital streaming? So this the direction that music is going and this direction that the delivery system for the the music delivery, is going. delivery, I should say. Because there's two different, thing, two different questions there. Um, you can't fight it. I mean, it's, techno- it's, it's just where things are going. I think that the way that artists are to be compensated for those things is what needs to be examined. But I, I mean, the immediacy of music everything in the world being available at your fingertips at any point. I mean, that's a fantasy we had growing up. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm old enough that I used to sit with my boom box and wait for the song I wanted to come on the radio and hit record as fast as I could. And I was usually catching the announcer's tail and, um, that was the only way to hear that song. And I'll take and, it one step further is I used to actually, I didn't have the tape player and the radio built into one. I used to hold the <laughs> tape player up to the radio. And then if you kept doing that, you'd have multi-tracking. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I think the immediacy of it is really, really cool. What I am a little bummed out by now, but I think will inevitably change with evolution is the quality of that, of the sound of that. Um, and that's, that's changed even over the past 10 years. Um, it's not as, it doesn't sound as good to my ears as it does when you're listening to a full, you know, 44.1 or you're sitting down with vinyl on a hi-fi system. Um, but I think that that's also kind of lost on a lot of listeners. And I think that the listeners that that appeals to are finding the old formats. And that's exciting. You know, when I walk into a music store in Plymouth and I see a 16-year-old girl grabbing a bunch of vinyl and sitting down on the floor and picking out the vinyl that she wanted to listen to, because she had a set a setup like that, that blew me away. I didn't realize that actually still happened. And it's all inter- it's also introducing people into a into a uh, a genre of music that may have been lost. Exactly, and, and not just the genre, but the experience, right? So it's it's not just about the immediacy of I want to listen to this song right now. And people aren't necessarily listening to the album in the way that the artist intended. And in fact, some of these cases, there's not really albums anymore. It's so singles focused; they're not being taken on that. Um, on that, on that journey where you sit and you absorb that music and it's the time and the place and you're not multitasking while you're listening to the music. And at this point, I mean, it wouldn't be a stretch to speculate that most people multitask when they're listening to music. It's not this, I'm sitting down, I'm putting headphones on and I'm going to listen to Dark Side of the Moon or whatever. You know, that experience is part of that, that delivery system. Now, do you sequence your records with that in mind? I do. Um, and it's it's a it's a tough it's it's a tough thing to think about moving forward because you don't want to become 
the, the person, especially at this level, I can't afford to blow money, right? It's like I have a very tight budget and I have to get the most mileage out of that I possibly can. If no one's listening to albums or fewer people are listening to albums, God, it's expensive to make an album. So how do you combat that as a lover of the long format? You know, as an artist, you just want to do what an artist does and kind of put the blindsiders on and, and, and do it in the format that you believe is the right format. As a pragmatic, you know, person with a budget, you're thinking, well, if people are only listening to one or two songs, why am I recording 10? Um, so I, I, I fight with that. And every time I'm coming up on a new project, I fight with that. I'm, I'm on the cusp of doing something new right now. And I, I don't know if I should just do singles or, or do the whole album. I kind of made it halfway on the last two releases because it was recorded as a full album. Uh, and then I released it in two, a groups of two EPs, part one and part two, because I wanted to, um, I wanted to kind of test the waters a bit and see if, if the attention span's not there for 10, what about five? And what if there's a continuation? Um, and so that was a, a bit of a, a meeting in the middle between the pragmatist that I am and the artist that I am. Fantastic. Give us your website again, Monk, if you would. Sure. It is MonkDwayne.com, M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E. And you can find Monk up on Spotify and listen yes. to the records all the way through because they're sequenced please, for a reason. Please do listen to the records all the way through. And you can also... Um, yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, this is crazy, but buy the albums. Buy, buy yeah. the music. I, I buy know it. that you can stream it for free, but it's not the same experience in terms of all the work that the people in this room put into the fidelity of that recording. Um, and there is a difference uh, listening to it on your earbuds at a you know, low, low stream rate versus put it on the format that it was intended and see what happens. It's, it's a different experience. Even in your car, it can sound better. Yes. Yeah, but not streamed. Yes, not streamed. <laughs> Pop the CD in. Yes. Go, to, go to a show and buy it. So upcoming shows, are they up on your website? They are. The whole schedule is up there for the year. Um, I have actually uh, reduced my, my playing frequency for 2019. That might change as the year goes on, but all I did last year is what, was just played constantly. I was out a bunch of times every single week, and the, the nice thing about that is it uh, you know, pays the bills. And it also keeps your chops warm. I mean, it was the best possible thing for my voice and for my guitar playing, but it is not the best possible thing for my creativity. Um, it's constant. It's creative in the sense that you're figuring out a way to reiterate something that already exists. So it has your fingerprint on it and it's, and it's you. Um, but in terms of, you know, creating cinematic music, creating music for film, creating a, a new album, all the ideas that I have, I wanted this year to be more about creation than reiteration. Excellent. Let's do another song. Before we do the other song, though, uh, just before um, we, we went live with this tonight, I was talking to, uh, to Mike, the drummer, about um, Dr. Demento and Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> and something to keep in mind if you want to do this after the break. If you, if you can't think of anything, don't worry about it. But if Weird Al could parody one of your songs, oh jeez, what would it be called? I'm the last person would it be? to ask, Mike, what do you think? <laughs> That's a good question. You get a few moments. Think, think of it during the song. I, I will. I will. I mean, the problem is now I'm going to mess up all the lyrics because I'm going to be thinking of alternative lyrics for what I'm about to sing. Um, yeah, um, that's a good question. Well, stupid pride could be stupid guy. Yes, that's true. The yep, stupid pride, which was the, I think one of the songs we were considering playing tonight. That Jim says stupid guy. That, that, <laughs> okay, that's an excellent, excellent title. Referring to anybody in particular. 
food. Oh, Sean is saying that they should be more along the lines of food. Food, yeah, definitely. Yes. Unpopular. Unpopular, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be going on. I'll be thinking about that now for the rest of the week. Thanks, John. Sure thing. <laughs> Last meal in Wonderland. Last meal in Wonderland, yeah. yeah. That's like a death row kind of thing. <laughs> Give it real deep. deep what trap. is next? Um, the next song we're going to do was the first single off of Argue With Gravity uh, called Some Rivers. All right, let's hear it, Monk. 95.9 WATD, it's all yours. Sometimes you just can't fight don't matter if you're wrong or if you're right You can bang your head up against a wall But you bleed and die before it falls No We wanna go. So 
Mark Twain, very nice. Thank you, sir. Great job. We have to take our final break of the night, but we have time for one more after this. Does that work for you? That totally works for me. All right, let's do that. 95.9 WATD brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. We're your radio station. The South Shores 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, rolling up to 10 o'clock, which means it's almost time to pass the mic over to Mike Joshua with Americana Rama taking you through those early morning hours. And right now, though, we are back on the tiny stage with Monk Dwayne. Monk, how's it going in there? It's going so well. We're hot. We're humming. We're sweaty. You sound great. So introduce the guys again. Who do we have in studio tonight? On the drums, we have Mike Levesque. Yay. Golf claps. On the bass, we have Sean McLaughlin. Shawnee Mac. And on the keyboards, we have Jim Gambino. Excellent. And on everything else is me. Excellent. Thank you. The uh, Monk Dwayne website, where can people go? The Monk Dwayne website is monkdwayne.com, M-U-N-K-D-U-A-N-E.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. There's a, there's, a, a, there's a video that's relatively new from the last album that's up there. Um, what's that video called? What's that song called? Let's see. Another Day, Another Bullet. Um, so please go check that out. There's also a video out right now for Spy Satellite, uh, along with some um, various video footage from New England Music Awards. Excellent. And congrats on that, by the way. Oh, I thank you so much. And um, thank you again for coming down to, uh, to Marshfield tonight to play for us. And what are we uh, going out with tonight? We're going to go out uh, with a song called Stupid Pride from Argue With Gravity. Okay. And what's the song about? Um, this is a song about arrogance. All right. <laughs> Enough said. Let's hear it. Monk Dwayne and the band, thank you again. Get home safely, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Stupid right.